What do the Dolphins really think about Jay Ajayi? How does Carolina get Kelvin Benjamin back to 2014 levels? And will Delaney Walker repeat last season's success? Plus, FFPC 750, number 22 Dynasty League, and Pac-Man main event league title winner Joe Galea joins us to talk about startup dynasty strategy, Martavis Bryant, Dion Lewis, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Balky's not starting. <laughs> should, should I hum some music? Childish Gambino, paging Childish you Gambino. You want to see my girl? Turn that jump. You want to see my girl? Check Maxim. Man, why does every black actor got to rap some? I don't know. All I know is I'm the best one. It's a combine. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you must talk about. It's a combine. Turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you must talk about. You know these rapper dudes talk, talk, start killing. That got boomed like an arch villain. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Oh, my cousin, now he can't even think straight. Black and white music, now that's a mixtape. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkholics and Gerzakanetics. Welcome to this March 11th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll discuss the new deep threat running nine routes in Baltimore. How likely Randall Cobb is to bounce back to his career norms, and we'll discuss how the tight ends finished in 2015, plus the Pac-Man FFPC main event champion and 750 Dynasty number 22 league winner Joe Galea chats about Tyler Eifert, rookie wide receivers, and the Matt Forte, Bilal Powell tandem flying high for the New York Jets. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you guys might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at Hour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And if you want to give us a call, the number is 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. The inbox is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for me, for Dave, or for Joe, now's the time to get them to us. Our audio engineer, Bryce, and mutual friend and producer, Rob, will get those questions to us later on in the fantasy feedback segment. Dave, uh, exciting Friday night. I want to personally thank everybody who's tuning in live. As you may or may not know, there's a minor basketball tournament going on right now, and a lot of people uh, glued to their sets, checking out the upsets. I have not paid any attention to it at all, to be honest with you. I hardly watched anything yesterday. Watched a little bit more today uh, with the Wisconsin teams playing tonight. Um, my brother and my the dad Wisconsin, came over. We watched. We watched. The Wisconsin Badgers won. The UW Green Bay Phoenix did not. Huh, well, so, whatever. Yeah, I know you don't care. No skin off your nose. I don't do brackets. It takes too much time out of my day. You know what's funny is I'm um, actually. You know our friend uh, Dr. Uh, Brian Harwood. The doctor. The doctor, FFPC player. He runs a suicide pool. A hotline? Uh, no, not a hotline. <laughs> suicide pool, and you have to pick one um, team to win each day, 
and it, it simplified my watching process because yeah. I just look at, okay, did that team win? Yep, okay, still you in. You can only pick them once? Or can you can only pick them once through the tournament. So oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. A lot of strategy goes into it. And the great thing about it is, like, I make my decision on who I'm picking in, like, two or three minutes, and then I just check the score and watch the last two or three minutes of the game. And right. I'm, I'm getting my jollies off that way. So Sweet. I, I did fill out brackets, too. I just haven't checked them. All those legal tournaments, huh? Uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I uh, not not mandated by the not, Dave, not regulated yet. Dave, a lot of people have called me a lot of things. <laughs> One of them has never been unlawful. <laughs> True. I want to uh, remind everybody again: uh, contact your local representatives to tell them how much you love playing in the uh, season-long fantasy football space. Make sure that that is protected. If you have any questions on how to do that, Eric at myffpc.com is where to uh, contact me. On a lighter note, we have games that are currently legal going on at myffpc.com right now. <laughs> the 2016 Football Guys Players Championship Early Bird Special ends June 5th. Make sure you're picking out your times and dates that you want to draft there. Our draft experts and main event leagues are live right now. The live drive, uh, draft experts, uh, Varsity, uh, Big Payback. What's the other big one that I'm forgetting? Varsity, Big High Society. High Society. Those are close to filling, though. So if you yeah. want to get a chance to draft live in Vegas in any of those leagues, I encourage you to sign up now and make sure that uh, you're not left out in the cold. And Dynasty Startups. Register for those at myffpc.com. Two right. orphan Dynasty teams left as well. Yeah, Dynasty's been hopping this year. Uh, totally People hopping. People are loving Dynasty. Which is weird because, like, this rookie class is nowhere near as good as the last two rookie classes. You're right. And people are just, they just can't get enough. Who do we have on a couple of weeks ago? Was that Mark Perino that was saying, like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to hop in on this one. And you know what? I'll probably grab another one after yeah, that, too. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So he was all about it. I mean, it's, it's great. It's really so much fun, actually, to see the excitement around Dynasty. Yeah. It, yeah it, I feel it, like we finally dialed it in a little bit. Like, we've gotten the rules kind of where we wanted to be. And I mean, they've, they've always been, like, 80% good. Now I think they're, like, 93% good. If you like season-long fantasy football, but you're like, you know what? The, the, it's just it's too short of a time frame for me. Yeah. You want to stretch it out. You want to have that larger enjoyment. Dynasty fantasy football is where it is at. The opposite of DFS. And yeah, it, and it's yeah. flourishing. And it is. And and you know what? You know, you know, and you know what? I'll tell you one thing. You know how much venture capital money we put into this dynasty thing? How much? None. Yeah. There's been no 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 venture capital money uh, put into it. Um, the failure rate so far of all dynasty fantasy football leagues is zero. Yep. Within our company and across the nation. So. Uh, Do you know how many bills? Uh, and legislation that Dynasty Fantasy Football is causing to be written across the country? None. Yeah, there's been no contract. You know, I've checked with all of our players. No one leaked out any of their uh, rookie draft ratings from last year <laughs> that caused turmoil across the nation about their Dynasty rankings. Right. So there's been no fixing yeah. in the leagues. And you know what? You just go ahead and try scripting when it comes to Dynasty. You script your rookie draft. You go for it. Yeah. It taint going to work. <laughs> so anyway, uh, whatever. Uh, Dynasty's <laughs> awesome. Martavis Bryant. <laughs> in conclusion. In conclusion. Martavis Bryant, not in a very awesome place right now. His indefinite suspension from the NFL, Dave, um, is uh, because of six, count them, six failed drug, te drug tests, according to the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Two of his uh, failed tests were actually ones he failed to show up to, which they count as a fail. Uh, Martavis Bryant actually, you know, this sort, is, of, sort read, of. Read the statement, the one that says Bryant has checked. He's checked into rehab. Wait, no, this part's great. And his agent says he's battling depression. That's no, wait, not great. No, but the, so his agent says he's battling depression. Who is he? Is it Bryant or is it his agent oh. that's battling depression? <laughs> that is kind of funny. <laughs> he's my I only client. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryant has checked into rehab while his agent says he's battling depression. No, so, word, so if, so no, no word if Bryant is battling depression. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. In a Monday statement, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers general manager, Kevin Colbert, uh, hinted that the team actually plans on holding on to Martavis Bryant uh, throughout his suspension this year. I think that that's the right move. I think that's what you need to do is stand by him. He's obviously clearly a great talent. But, Dave, talk about this in uh, dynasty terms for a minute. What are you doing with Martavis Bryant if you – do you own him anywhere? I no. Don't think, okay. No. What are you doing then if you don't own him? Are you, are you trying to send an offer? Are, are you, what, what are you dangling for him? What, what, what rookie pick would you be willing to part with for Martavis Bryant straight up right now? Um, I'd probably throw out a, a future second or a mid-second in this year's draft, rookie draft. I think that's... I wouldn't, and that's, you know, that's kind of a little bit on the low ball, do you think, or do you think it's... No, um, you know, not to keep bringing him up, but uh, Hawkeye Hellraiser, Ryan Howell, and I were talking about <laughs> this very you're, thing. You're, you're butt buddy. He actually... Um, Are we allowed to say that, butt buddy? You just did, so... Um, <laughs> he actually sent, uh, in one of his dynasty leagues, he offered the 210 for Martavis Bryant. The guy rejected it right away, um, and Ryan said he was cool with that... That's Either all, way. Those are all spite rejections, too. People aren't going to take that. They're well, like, oh, they're that, trying to right. them. So yeah. then we were talking about, because I was, I was talking about, well, I can bring this up in Carrington, uh, Freaks of the Industry mm-hmm. emailed me. He said, hey, what are you going to update our league for 2016? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I really got to get on that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, then I wrote back to him, because he owns Martavis Bryant. I'm like, hey, we should uh, talk Martavis as long as he said this. <laughs> and he didn't reply. So clearly, I, I don't think anybody's going, going to want to sell Martavis Bryant right now. Ryan said... And I agreed, or I said and he agreed. I can't remember which one it was. The value for him is going to descend. And Ryan made the point of, look, this guy, you can't put him on IR. He's going to be taking up a roster yes, spot during FFPC. the season. I've gotten emails on that FFPC. He's, he's going to be, So, I mean, when it comes to be those bye weeks and you're like, oh, I don't have anybody to plug in. And I got freaking Martavis. <laughs> I mean, that might be a time yeah. where the, the guy who or gal, whoever owns him, is going to be willing to part with them at, at the lowest discounted rate you could get it. Wait, do you want, um, I agree with you. And do you want to know one other thing? I, I, I've been getting emails about whether they could uh, IR Martavis Bryant. You know the other emails I've been getting about IR? What, can I IR Calvin Johnson? <laughs> I'm like, no, he's retired. You know, it's like, what, what do you put, like Barry Sims on your on your IR? You know, you can't do yeah. that. No, Who, Barry Sims? Yeah. Who's Barry Sims? Oh, the old running back from the line. It's <laughs> Billy Sims. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Is Barry Sanders the jazz singer? Barry Sanders. <laughs> Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. He's, Barry... he's a combination. Yeah, he's a com- he was really the ultimate Lions running back. Oh, man. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's very funny. Let's talk about this from the redraft perspective of who is going to be catching passes in Pittsburgh this year. It won't be Marsh Davis, Brian. It won't be Heath Miller. Marcus Wheaton is going to be there. And uh, Sammy Coates. Yeah. Does, is he relevant now? He could be. He could be. He's, I mean, he was a super speedy dude, and he did very poorly his rookie season, but he really had no opportunity. Was, was Coates really that fast? I know he's, he's a big, tall he's fast, guy. He's, like, like um, He's fast and quick for his height and weight. Okay. He is a big, a big dude. You know who shrewdly picked him up in the last waiver deadline you? in Carrington for $11? You? Yeah. You're so smart, Paul. You know how what? do we keep up with you? Say something I can disagree with, man, <laughs> and then I will. But until then, I can't. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, good uh, pick. The uh at towards like I would say like seventh eighth round now in FFPC. Yeah, maybe. Why don't you like him? He had those two big Bafo games uh, at the end of the year last year. You're right. You're right. I, I have to look a little bit further at him. Okay. Such a disappointment. I like I like uh, Marcus Wheaton. I'd rather uh, have Bonnie Sims. You're just gonna go up different <laughs> B words every time. Yeah, Bobby Sims. Boy, he was he could tote the rock. 
Adam Schefter is reporting that uh, the Broncos have indeed matched that offer that the Dolphins have sent uh, C.J. Anderson, four years, $18 million. Um, This is despite Miami front-loading the contract on purpose in the hopes that Denver would not match it, but they did. Uh, so here, here's what, and I'll, I'm going to talk about the Miami side of this after we get to the next point, but let's talk about uh, the Broncos uh, side of this. C.J. Anderson was drafted in the first round last year, Dave, and widely disappointed. He came on at the end of the season, had a pretty good playoff run. Are we talking about him already in the second round after how disappointing he was last year? Given the money that Denver's put into him, I mean, we'll have to see what uh, what Denver does in the draft if they select the running back, but seemingly Ronnie Hillman's going to be back. C.J. Anderson is going to be the lead running back in that backfield that may be focused more on the running. They just signed Russell Okung today, uh, or Russell Okung. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but they signed him. More emphasis on the running game means good things for C.J. Anderson. I know you wouldn't take him in the second round, but do you think that's where he goes? Um, you know, I think a lot of people did draft him last year, and since he busted it, you're going to get that – because they had him. Buyer's, last, buyer's remorse. Yeah, it's going to carry over a little bit. So I think he's going to fall a little bit further. And then you're going to have the people who avoided him last year, and they're going to be like, eh, whatever, I'll take him. Post-hype sleeper, I think, is the term. Yeah. To borrow another baseball term. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think Anderson's an interesting guy. I would not take him in the second round. But, again, if everybody's hating on him, you got to look at the situation he's in, which is the biggest thing for running backs. Still he, a great defense. He could be, uh, yep, and uh, he could be a very good value, especially – God knows what Denver's going to be trotting out there at quarterback next year. Sanchez. I mean, if it's Mark Sanchez, how do you win football games? Running and defense. They're they're going to upgrade there, obviously. I mean, Sanchez only was acquired for a seventh-round pick, so that was effectively like nothing. Right. And, you know, the interesting thing, too, is – Again, I was talking with Ryan Howell about this. Like, what do you do with Emmanuel Sanders? You guys do hang. What do you guys hang out all the time? Uh, we, no, we don't hang out, but we exchange emails. Ryan, uh, I said to Ryan, I'm like, what do you do with Emmanuel Sanders right now? Because um, they have Mark Sanchez at quarterback. I mean, they're going to do something. I don't know how big it's going to be. And then I, and I said, I wasn't going to deal him right now because, granted, this probably would not happen. But what if Elway makes some sort of big move to acquire a, a real proven quarterback? He could. To, to get and then all of a sudden Sanders looks great again. Yeah. And and what what do I lose if I wait on him right now for trading him? I don't really lose anything. Like it's not like he's all he could only go up in value. I don't see him just bottoming out in value right now. I agree with you. I mean I think when people look at the quarterback situation in Denver, they they obviously know that El, it's not like Elway's going to just stand pat with what that current situation is, right? There's this is a this is a Super Bowl caliber team, of yep. course. I mean with the exception of the quarterback situation, so they'll they'll figure that out. And if not, then they draft someone, you know, they're going to have, I assume their pick is at the end of the first. They don't have any. Yeah, 30, 31st pick. So then they could be looking at one of those quarterbacks that falls to that spot or moves up to that spot. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they trade back into the early second, get Connor Cook or somebody like that. Well, maybe. Who knows? Uh, so the other, so that was C.J. Anderson signing with the Dolphins and then the Broncos matching it. And so then the Dolphins flew in uh, Chris Johnson for a visit. And of course, the Arizona, <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals re-signed him to a one-year deal worth up to $3 million. Uh, Chris Johnson, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time with Arizona uh, here because I think the real story is Miami, but you don't see him capturing lightning in a bottle two years in a row. It's David Johnson there, and Chris Johnson is merely a handcuff at best. I think so, but, I mean, you know, Chris Johnson still will get some touches. He actually looked really good, I thought, last year. So I think even though David Johnson looked fantastic, you know, this does take a slight... What about Andre Ellington? Yeah, he sucks. It takes just a, it takes a little bit away. From, yeah, it takes just a little bit away because Chris Johnson is really trust, trustworthy in pass protection. Not that David Johnson's not, but you know, I, I think that he'll get in there 
Probably a little more often than people think. Andre Ellington's role, I think, should be the Lance Dunbar, Theo Riddick, Danny Woodhead pass catching role, where he's just he's not really put in harm's way a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Ellington, when he's been on the field in like short shifts, yeah. he's been really, really good. And maybe that's where his future is in the NFL is just sort of like this glorified um, third round back. Uh, we have real, real quick. Ahead. I mean, back yeah. to Miami. I'm really surprised that they haven't been able to acquire the running oh, back. Oh, yeah, that's – okay, this this is what I wanted to talk about. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I don't know if you guys have seen the show Ballers on HBO, but Miami is, like, really awesome. I mean, have you seen – and it's not going to be – it won't be underwater for, like, 20 – 15 to 20 years. Right. According to the current global warming trends. Yep. So it's really awesome. There's no state income tax. LeBron He's, took his talents there an extra, a few years get, back. I mean, for California, you get an extra, like, 13% if you're making $2 million. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's two hundred sixty right. grand. Yep. Who's, who's advising these guys? A lot of great Cuban food down there, too. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you like got those those pork sandwiches? South Beach, you got the birdcage down there if, you, if you're into the alternative lifestyle stuff. It's great. Right. So that's it. That's my thing about you know Miami. I like how you had to put in the whole birdcage thing <laughs> to like show that you, you didn't personally live the alternative lifestyle down there. Uh, we, great movie. Yeah. We have Joe Galea coming up uh, in just one minute. Let's just wrap this up. We'll go to a quick break, and then we'll come back with Joe. My point was... What do my what does Miami think they have in JHI? Because they talked him up yeah. quite, quite a bit this offseason. They gave him the rock down the stretch last season over Lamar Miller in some cases. Now they've gone out. They've tried to give C.J. Anderson $18 million. Denver took him away. They tried to make an offer to Chris Johnson. At least you would think. I mean, they flew him in for a visit. He resigns at Arizona. I feel like Jay Ajayi is the starter in name only there because even if they can't sign somebody, they're going to bring somebody in. Yeah, they keep and, looking for and other people. They keep looking. Right. And I think that that speaks volumes of what they really think of Ajayi right He's now. He's like a plain Jane girlfriend. They keep on looking to upgrade for somebody else. Like they're going for these you know, sevens and eights and nines. What is Ajayi, a six? I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it, they're making fools of themselves. Listen, if you own Ajayi in Dynasty, which is the best game to play, um, you need you need to realize that the window we're running long by the way. So I know, I know, no, I know, no, no. The the window to sell him mm-hmm. it, it's closing very quickly, and yeah. I would I would be motivated to make a deal now because as soon as they draft somebody, as soon as they sign somebody, all of a sudden the guy is just a piece in the backfield. He's just a hard six. We're just a piece in the wall, <laughs> and we're going to come back with another one, uh, a glorified foundation keystone piece of the wall. Joe Galea coming right up here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour after this. Welcome back to the HSFF Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I want to uh, bring in tonight's guest right now. You uh, are in for a treat tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, <laughs> this this guy... That was this, a quick pause. Thank Bucky. you. Yeah, well, that's, that's a pregnant pause to just show people how serious uh, I am about how important this guest is tonight. He took third place in the uh, FFPC 750 Dynasty number 23 last season, but he won the 750 number 22. He is also coming off a FFPC main event Pac-Man league title as well. He joins us tonight live on the show. Please welcome, you know him as Mr. Crab. We know him as Joe Galea. Joe, thanks for doing the show. Good evening. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for having me on. We're uh, excited to have you on, man. This is uh, awesome that we get uh, somebody who won a dynasty title who, you know, Dynasty fantasy football, it's what Dave and I have always said on this show numerous times, is the best version of fantasy football to play. <laughs> uh, but before we get it. to that, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, you, Joe. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do for a living. Sure, yeah. So I'm in uh, enterprise software sales. 
Nice. Uh, Any questions, Dave? For... Usually... I, I'm, I'm a little stymied on that one. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I'll get to the question. <laughs> Enterprise software sales. Does that, so, that I mean, is this sort of like the type of career, Joe, that allows you to make dynasty trades, offer dynasty trades round the clock? Uh, you could you could possibly say that. Yeah, he goes I, in I, and he's I like... Wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on the record that way, but yes. Uh, <laughs> well, we won't. Let me let me demonstrate the system for you. <laughs> he logs into his league and makes a couple offers. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, okay, well, so and Joe, you've never scripted one of your dynasty uh, rookie drafts, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> okay, good. No, no scripting going on. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's excellent to hear. That Well, that's very cool. Um, Dave? Yes? Would you like to go? I'm oh, sorry. Not, yes. to, not to interrupt your I was looking, whatever. I, I was looking up Joe's doing. emails to me and see if he ever complained about anything, but I don't think he did. He's a nice guy. <laughs> I'm nice just kidding. Guy. I was looking up. I was looking up his name, but not for that reason. Okay. Anyway, so congrats on that uh, 750 number 22 title. Uh, you did it without the services of your fourth round startup pick, Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, so when you take a look at all that Carolina was able to achieve last year, and with Cam Newton being named the MVP, how seamless do you think the transition for uh, Kelvin Benjamin will be back into the uh, Panthers' offense? Uh, I, I think he's going to have a huge year, actually. Um, you know, uh, it was probably the best thing to happen for him, you know, for this year is that he was out and, you know, Ginn and Funchess were able to kind of establish themselves as realistic, you know, uh, wide receiver options. <clears throat> so now Cam, actually, you know, he's not going to get doubled because you've actually got some some legit threats other than Olsen. Um, so I think he's going to come back and, and, and put up a pretty big year. Yeah, of course, uh, Dave, he also went to Florida State, so let's, let's face it, how can he not bounce back? He's a rock star. He is a rock star. <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe, let's let's talk about, uh, I, I specifically, when we were looking at your um, your uh, your 22 uh, startup draft last year, I noticed uh, that you traded to get two picks in the first 11 uh, selections overall the draft. You this, ended this is the, the startup. The startup, yeah. Right, right. And then you did not pick again until the fourth round. You had two picks in the fourth round then. Can you share a little bit about the strategy of why you wanted to uh, to get those uh, two top 11 picks. Yeah, so I kind of, the way I look at it is first round, you know, you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to get your studs and you just can't, you know, you kind of have to go with no-brainers, obviously. Second and third round, I feel like you have a little bit more risk there. So I'd rather have two firsts and two fourths than have those second and third rounders where you have a little bit more risk and just kind of let the draft come to you in the fourth and you end up with two, you know, pretty similar picks to, to those second and third rounders. Um, so I feel like you can kind of you end up with two studs plus you kind of get the two, you know, two pretty pretty high-level players that kind of fall to you just, to, you know, depending on how the draft goes. So I kind yeah, of feel like you win in that kind of fourth, four to eight, you know, the fourth through the eighth round is pretty much how you're going to win a draft or win a league. What do you think, Balky? I kind of like that strategy because with the two top 11 picks, what you're getting there is you're getting people that are in their prime. So these are the guys, the running backs that are like 23, 24, the wide receivers that are 24 to 26 that have already emerged and are proven studs. When you get to like that second, third area, you're getting the guys that are a little bit overaged or you're getting. Or a little bit underage. Or the rookie type guys where yeah. that's where you would take a player like Amari Cooper where he was going in the end of the second which sounds great, it worked out well, or you were taking Kevin White, who did not work out as well, so there was that risk there, like you was talking about. Was Kevin White really going in, in, in startups last year in the second round? Like, I, in one startup I did, I took Kevin White and Amari Cooper, I was doing the Norm True strategy, uh -huh. I took them back-to-back, 2-12, 3-1. So, 
not that everyone was taking him there, but I mean, it was in generally in that range, the yeah. second or the third. Okay, from well, what I could see, that's fair enough. Uh, okay, so, no, I, and and I'm uh, I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm against the strategy because when you look at it, you're w- what do you normally have? A first, second, third, and fourth round. Well, what did you have in this sense? Two firsts and two fourths. You still have four picks in the top four rounds. Again, it's not like you're just mortgaging the future, giving you know up way too much just to get those top two studs. It's just a, a different way of sort of capitalizing on the value, as you stated, uh, Dave, of the first round. So, Joe, let's talk about the great Jordan Cameron, who is I'm one of my dynasty teams he's stuck on. And my I can't believe he's on one of your dynasty, my dynasty teams. That, that team, it's a good team that the tight ends suck, including Jordan Cameron. So, uh, hopefully you're going to give me good news here. What sort of year do you think he's going to have under uh, Adam Gase, the new head coach? Yeah, I think he's going to kind of turn it around. I mean, he had some you know good seasons in Cleveland. He kind of fell through the cracks last year a little bit. Um, but when you look at what Gase did with – Martellus Bennett, you know, in Chicago, he pretty much turned him in, in, into a, you know, top five tight end. Um, so I think in that offense, you know, I think he can, you know, put up kind of top ten numbers. He's not going to be a top five, but I think he can put up top ten numbers pretty easily. I, I do think he just needs to take up, like, yoga or something in the off season to just – Adam Gates? <laughs> yeah, him too. But Cameron might get more stretchy and bendy or something so that he's not getting hurt all the time. Yeah, that, uh, that's a fair point. Hey, you know how people call Mark Trussman the quarterback whisperer and um, – Among other things. Yeah, and, and there, there was the – Al Saunders for, you know, those Tony Gonzalez years. You know, he was – even after Tony Gonzalez, he was like the tight end whisperer. Adam Gase is sort of like the offense whisperer. <laughs> he's like, no, he's listen. He, I'm Cut- listening. Cutler had the great year under him. Martellus Bennett had the great year under him. Matt Forte caught all those passes. Oh, of course, that was Trustman, though, wasn't it? But Forte did have a good season with, with Gase last year. You're touching me again. I'm sorry. I just feel like when I – Just keep it on the top li- part of the body. Listen, when, when I feel like you're disagreeing with me, I put my hand on your shoulder. <laughs> to like Just kind of tell you, like, look. You, you already yelled at me to listen, and then you touched me twice. Some sort of Jedi <laughs> mind trick, Larry. I'm telling you to, like, listen. I know you think you're right, but I'm actually right about this. <laughs> Joe Galea is our guest tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He won the 750 FFPC Dynasty League number 22 last year, took third in the 23, and won the Pac-Man main event league I, title I love last that name. year. Pac-Man. Pac-Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk, let's uh, get back to the Dynasty uh, tip here, Joe, and, and talk about the uh, quote-unquote consensus top three receivers. Uh, and I only put that in quotes because – Dependent upon what outlet uh, for dynasty analysis uh, that you go to, the top three are sometimes different. I, Michael Thomas sometimes uh, sneaks into the top three. Yeah, I've seen him up there. And uh, there's the other uh, guy. Um, who is the other one that, that keeps – Will Fuller is the other guy that sometimes sneaks into yeah, the top Will three. Will Fuller, all right. But what I'm, I'm seeing – I'm writing all these guys down here. What, yes, this, this is your dynasty <laughs> this prep. This is my research. This is your rookie draft prep. <laughs> Corey Coleman, Josh Doxson, and Laquan Treadwell seem to be, uh, by and large, the three names I see at the top of people's receiver rankings the most. Who do you like best uh, between those three? Obviously, they're not in uh, an NFL uniform yet, so we don't know what their situation is. But as you look at their game, as you look at their game, how it translates to the NFL, their natural talent. Which of those three do you like best right now? Yeah, and I think you you hit it right on the head. You don't know what situation they're going to be in, so that's going to be the biggest factor. I think any of those three could be the the best depending on where they land. But not knowing where they're at, you know, I tend to go with the speed. Um, so I think Coleman is definitely the guy. You know, all things being equal with their situation, I. I, I, I I just really like Coleman. He ran 
pretty much a, a sub four four forty, um, which he can't he can't go wrong there. And I don't know if you've seen the highlight reel of him. It's just you know he's just open field. You, you can't beat him. So. Given you know in that first year, if you're looking to kind of make a splash, you kind of have to go with the speed. Uh, uh, Corey Coleman too is a guy that ran that sub four four. Some people are saying it could have been as low as four three, um, but this is still coming off. He he's still not a hundred percent from that leg injury he suffered at the end of the season with Baylor. So I don't even think we've seen his ceiling or how fast he can be. The other thing I want to bring up too, uh, Roto World, the website Roto World helps out with the show rundown. Um, they help us out. Yeah, they help us out. We steal their content. No, they, they yeah, they're helping us out. <laughs> so the other thing, interpretations. I I don't know if you pay attention to the college football blurbs they have between the end of the NFL season and the NFL draft. Some of those are just the funniest things. They're very well written. Yeah, oh, guy, like we so, give Roto World credit at least yeah, for stealing their content. I mean, and and I'll I'll give them credit, and and they don't you know post who writes these things. But I after the Baylor pro day, I was reading the Corey Coleman blurb. Um, that he ran, you know, four three three or whatever, and then you know their analysis below said, check it out. I can't remember exactly how it's phrased. It was check out the forty at the link below if you want your retina singed. <laughs> it's just it's really so, good. I, it's just great. I mean, I, I totally built that up into something that wasn't as good, but it's great. It's quite fantastic. Good. <laughs> All right, Joe. We're talking about Martavius. Brian, a little bit more. Don't call him Artavius. <laughs> you don't own him in either of your dynasty leagues right now. It's a nice job. Um, but are you sending out any offers for him? Or um, are you a former Josh Gordon owner and you're now chasing he's simply off your board? Have we lost him? I don't know. I, Joe, I, I think you're still connected. Joe, are you still there? He went to get yeah, a drink. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead and oh, talk right. about Martavius about Bryant. No, I was saying, yeah, you, you, I'm, I'm the second, I'm in that second camp where I've gotten burned big time with, um, with Josh leaders. Gordon. <laughs> so, Alex drug users and wife beaters. Yeah, exactly. I so I, I, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get burned again on that one. So when you, when you think about it, you know, this is strike two, and now he's gonna have a whole year to think about it and get himself in some, in some more trouble. So, uh, I, I'd rather have that roster spot on, on, you know, somewhere else. One of the things that I didn't consider with this Martavis Bryant thing, Dave, is that you think about Josh Gordon. He had the the weird suspension, you know, initially, and then it was something like he was breathing in secondhand smoke, and that's why he tested positive. Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he was fighting it. And then he was supposedly unsuspended, or he thought he was, right. and he had a beer on a flight at the <laughs> at the end of. Ah, I'm not suspended anymore. Give me a beer. Right. Yeah. And so, so, so that was very weird. Um, but he's been with the team. Yes. He's, um, you know, been tweeting and, and, you know, being very sensible on social media. It seems like he's got a very level head on his shoulders. I think he got railroaded. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine if you think that. Martavis Bryant has failed six tests. <laughs> I mean, six tests. It's like a show of Arlo. He just checked into rehab. I mean, this is... This is Josh Gordon has clearly turned the corner to the point where I don't even know if he sees the corner behind him. Martavis Bryant is nothing but corners He's in front of the corner. Him. He could be in Not, like multiple Blackman. corners. It's the octagon, Dave. They're going to take care of this ball. You know how they do this? No. They, you, you get off the drugs and alcohol, and then they give you the legal drugs, the prescription drugs, right. the antidepressants. It'll be fine. <laughs> but and those are allowed. Those are the licensed yeah, legal drugs that they allow. What do you think, Joe? That's. He failed six tests while he's busy, you know, 
being on a team. Now you give him a whole year of you know not being able to to, to play in games, and you can just imagine what's going to happen. The bull in a china shop. It's not a good situation. He's going to be playing a lot of video games. Well, you know what? Great. That'd be that'd be good. Maybe she'll learn French. Another language. <laughs> you never know. Uh, Joe, let's talk about the main event here as we get back uh, on to fantasy. The Pac-Man League uh, is the title that you won in the FFPC main event last season. Congrats on that. A big contributor to that team's success uh, for a large portion of the season was Tyler Eifert. Uh, he's going to have to be carrying a bigger load this season with uh, Marvin Jones in uh, Detroit, Mohamed Sanu in Atlanta. How many tight ends would you draft over Tyler Eifert for redraft purposes this year right now? For redraft, I've only got two above him. I've just I've got Gronk and Olsen above him, and then I kind of put Eifert in in that second tier with with Reed and Delaney Walker, who I actually think is going to have a pretty big year um, as well. Um, so you know, there's two that are definitely above him, and then I put him in that next tier with with Reed and Delaney Walker. You talk about uh, tight ends that get uh, you know drafted pretty high in the FFPC. I think that most of us would agree that Rob Gronkowski has a, a better shot of being a first-rounder this coming season than not. Uh, and then when you talk about Greg Olson up there as well, you know he's going to be flirting with the uh, top of the draft board. That second tier that you mentioned, the Reed Walker-Eifert tier, if Football Guys Players Championship players and main event players are looking to draft any of the guys on that tier – what round pick do you think that they're going to have to soak into that to get one of those three? You're probably you probably have to reach if you really want one of them. You know, beginning of the second, end of the third. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the, a, end of the second, beginning of the third. Yeah, it's it's a stiff price to pay, but I think that's where I was thinking uh, that that they will go when when you look. The only thing that I think, Dave, that could drive their price down is people looking at like what happens if if uh, Eifert goes at the 210 or something, and then people are like, um, you know, maybe I can wait and grab, and then the other two fall together. And maybe you get lucky and you get one of them in the mid-third or, God willing, even the late third. But I think that tight ends, more so than we've seen the last couple of years as we broadcast some of the drafts live on the show, we see the live drafts in Vegas. I think more so the last couple of years, I think that the tight end, that, that top end, gets pushed up a little bit more this year than we've seen in the years past. Your thoughts on that? That's interesting, actually, that you think that they're going to go that high. And so this kind of consensus is, the, you know, you have Gronk, Olsen, and Reed, Walker, Eifert. I wouldn't say Olsen is consensus, like, above the, those those three, but he's I... Like, yeah, but he's kind of like that... He's like the no-man's land in the second round, right? Or is that where... Yeah. I haven't been paying I, attention. I'm, again, I would not call that no-man's land. Well, it's, it's like he's, he's kind of floating like out there between, by himself. between Gronk and, yeah. and the next three. Yeah, 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 I think that that's... Uh, what would you call it? I would not call it no-man's land. I would just, Olsen's land. Olsen land. Perfect. Okay. So there you go. No, but that's how, that's how I think that uh, uh, that they'll uh, that they'll shape out. I'm I'm looking in the chat room to see if anybody's chiming in. No, we're talking about YouTube videos and uh, how much pot uh, Edgar and James smoke <laughs> during his off season. All right, let's get back to all right. So the show uh, the, this is part of the show. One of the disappointments of your main event team last year was Randall Cobb. Uh, some of my teams as well, my friend. Is 2016 a bounce back year for him? And uh, where do you think you would select him in redrafts right now? Yeah, I'm a big Randall Cobb fan. Um, I I think he is going to have a bounce back year. Jordy's going to be back. I imagine Eddie Lacy's going to come back actually in shape this year. Um, you know, so you could probably still pick him up. 
you could probably pick him up in the like fifth round, somewhere in that range, fourth or fifth. Um, maybe even drops to the sixth if you get lucky. I can see. I mean, fuck you. You're giving me those weird eyes, but um, look at all those tight ends that you just talked about that are going so early. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the well, third. the tight ends go listen, there, so the wide receivers got to go somewhere else, right? They listen, can't all fit in the same spot. The dirty secret about FFPC redraft: third round this year, all tight ends. There's going to be 14 tight ends off the board by, by the time end of the By the time we get to the round. season, we're going to have a 24-man third round. <laughs> oh, he's like a third rounder. Do you remember back in the day when we we talked about this, we'd have like 20 first-round picks? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, he's a first-rounder. He's a first-rounder. <laughs> yeah. you got to take him in the first round. You know, the, the math has to work at some point. The math has never worked on this show, and it never will. <laughs> uh, no, you know, the the Packers, I, I feel guilty about this because, you know, they are my team and the team I follow, you know, closest and I don't have a good read on what's going to happen next year. Jordy Nelson, I've said it on the show before, he was failing to separate from receivers the last month of the season that he was healthy. Then he gets hurt. Now he's a year older. Now he's um, going to be coming back to a team that, for whatever reason, could not figure out how to get receivers open that were struggling to gain separation from yeah. cornerbacks. Um, the one, I, I, I don't want to say the one thing that Randall Cobb is going. He's a lot of things going for him. One of the he's things he, he has going for him this season – Hopefully this, the, the AC joint shoulder injury he had in the preseason last yeah. year, that bugged him all season. Yeah, he'll be, he's fine. And he should be fully recovered for that yeah. uh, coming this season. So, you know, I, I think that uh, the Packers' offense in general should bounce back um, in, uh, in 2016. To what level? I don't know. Maybe, we, maybe we've seen this offense, this core at its peak, but it's certainly going to be uh, one of the best offenses in the NFL, in my opinion. Again in 2016. Hey, Bucky, before we get to the emails, I wanted. Yeah. To, I think we should institute institute a new show policy. Okay. That any chat room questions automatically, because of the loyalty of the chat room people, right. preempt any emails that have come in. That's fine. Well, so do, do we have it? Right a, yeah, 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 go one. ahead. Go right. go ahead. You you're the chat room guru. So uh, sports betting man wants to know. Uh, ask the guest Joe who he likes more and why. First of Jeff all, Janice hold on, hold on. Let's, let's just don't, don't say anything. I like. Hold on. Did he say ask the guest? Yeah, he said maybe ask How many the guest. times have we said Joe's name on the show? Yeah, and he likes the like, word guest. Hey, ask the guest this. <laughs> like, well, at least he knows we have a guest on tonight. So anyway, the okay. question for Joe from Lance. Maybe ask Joe who he likes more and why, Jeff Janis or Devontae Adams? That's a tough one. I, I, I'd have to go with – I'm a big fan of Devontae Adams. I think he's going to actually, you know – beat out Janice like officially this year. They kind of went back and forth a little bit last year, but with Jordy back, you know, they're, they're still a pretty, you know, they're, they're far behind the two of them. I think their production, both of them is going to go down. Um, but out of those two, uh, I'd say Adams is the, is the one I'd like. All right. I would think that people are going to be drafting Janice over Adams this year too. So if, if you are torn between the two, I usually say, take the cheaper guy. Who's going to be excited about taking Devontae Adams? No one. People Who's like going to be excited to take about Jeff Janis? Everyone. Yeah, they like to root for the underdog. Yeah, and uh, obviously what Which we, is the white receiver, of course. That's not where I was going with it, but the point is taken. Um, okay. We all, we all know that's what it is. Let's get, let's get to a couple of emails here, um, unless we have any questions for the guest in the chat room. <laughs> Joe, um, this is uh, from the first one's from Fred in Jacksonville. Uh, how do you how do you see the backfield touches being divided up in New York with Matt Forte and Bilal Powell signed and Chris Ivory gone? Thank you, Fred in Jacksonville, Florida. Thanks for the email, Fred. Let's talk about the Jets running backs, Forte and Powell. Joe, what what are your thoughts on those two guys this coming season? Uh, well, 
I'm actually a huge Jets fan. Been a season ticket holder for uh, for many years. Wow. So ha- okay. happy to see Forte come in. I, I think his production is going to go down a little bit, um, you know, from Chicago. But I th- I do think he's going to have a good year. Um, you're probably looking at like a maybe seventy percent of the touches. Um, I mean, Powell is, you know, he, he's probably the best running back that nobody knows about. Um, you know, consistently every year, whenever he needs to step in, he really he, he, he puts up numbers. Um, so you're probably looking at around a 70%, you know, 70% to Forte. But don't forget about um, they also picked up uh, Kiri Robinson from New oh, Orleans. Oh, that's right, so Kyrie Robinson. He's kind of in the mix too. Um, yeah. But yeah, Powell's always going to be there, third down back. But you know, Forte is going to get about 70%, I think. Hey, let me ask you this, Joe. This is uh, Joe Galea, the uh, 2015 FFPC 750 Dynasty number 22 champion. Let's let's analyze this from a, a total touch standpoint on the Jets' offense. You have Matt Forte and Bilal Powell, who are both excellent uh, pass catchers from the running back position. Do you think the fact that they are so adept at doing that in the Jets' offense kind of brings down the value, maybe slightly, maybe significantly, I don't know, of Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker uh, in that offense? I mean, do they end up stealing receptions from those two guys? I don't think they steal them from them. I think whoever ends up being quarterback, um, you know, there's going to be more to to go around, I think, just because of having Forte back there. Um, I think now, you know, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to respect the, you know, the dump-offs a little bit more than last year. So that's going to, you know, kind of free up Marshall and Decker a little bit. Um, so I don't think it's going to – I think it's actually going to help the two of them. Um, and you're probably going to see, a, you know, a more pass-heavy offense regardless of, you know, who comes in at quarterback than you did last year. They're, Joe, they're they're going to get Fitzpatrick, right? I mean, he's going to be the Jets quarterback. I don't know. I, I I kind of feel like Kaepernick might end up, you know, he was, wow. if you remember, about a month ago, you know, but, uh, when Fitzpatrick – you know, was still going to be a Jet. He kind of came out in the, you know, in the in the papers and said he wanted to be a Jet. Um, and you saw Chip Kelly kind of, you know, giving some more hints that that Kaepernick's going somewhere. Um, I think he may end up being there. And, it, yeah. and they're at a little bit of a stalemate too with, you know, how much they're they're offering. So it's kind of a coin flip at this point, I think. Yeah, you have the uh, the ownership that holds a lot of the leverage, and then Fitzpatrick, who has a uh, Ivy educated brain. So this could be a st- <laughs> you wonder look score. This yeah, this could be a stalemate for a while as uh, uh, both those uh, entities are are pretty smart. Uh, okay, uh, one more email here. Uh, you just signed on uh, on St. Patrick's Day. What? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah, on St. Pat. He probably would have showed up in his full beard with a leprechaun hat on. Had it dyed green. Oh, the Guinness is on me tonight, (laughs) fellas. Um, Okay, Pete in Madison, Wisconsin, Joe. Uh, He writes, because he's a Patriot who was seriously injured, we basically know nothing about Deion Lewis's rehab right now. So where would you take him in an FFPC league if you were in one now, like me? Thank you for the email. Pete in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. A couple of Aaron Rodgers throws to the south of us, Dave. Uh, what are your thoughts on on uh, on Deion Lewis, Joe? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, um, you, you know, you you probably don't have to overpay. Uh, you know, the, with how, there's been a, just a ton of movement, and, and you know, in the running back world uh, so far this offseason, I imagine it's going to be even more. 
So, you know, you can probably pick him up in the, you know, middle rounds. I, I would imagine I wouldn't pick him anywhere before, you know, seven, um, just because of the, you know, until you find out a little bit more um, on how things are coming along. Interesting. So um, we have our my juicy question, Balky, the final question. You don't need to always build it up. It's all, it's such a great question. It it's is a, a great it, question. It's, it's lame. It's always the same one. So, Joe, give us the guy that you're really starting to like. This is for redraft leagues. That's kind of a sleeper player for redraft. And a guy that you, uh, you know, gets fairly highly drafted, but, but you're definitely staying away from in 2016. Sure. Um, so I would say, you know, especially given the, the you know, how tight and heavy um, the scoring system is, I, I think Ebron is, is kind of my guy coming up this year. You know, it's his third year, so that's kind of – the year tight ends kind of tend tend to break out. Um, you got no Calvin there. Um, you know he started to he, he started to actually show a little bit of you know signs of life last year. But I think I think this could be the year that uh, you know he, he kind of comes into that maybe second tier um, almost with that Eifert group. He, that's kind of the upside I think. Uh, and then if you're looking for some of them staying away from. You know, it's got to be Jamal Charles. He's burned me a couple times. Now he's got two bad ACLs. Um, plus, he's got three guys, you know, uh, that got a lot of experience last year with him being out. So they're not going to hesitate, even if he is healthy, to kind of pull back on his carries. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not drafting him anywhere, you know, anywhere near the the, the first four or five rounds, and, and that way you're not even going to get him. So that that probably be my guy to stay away from. Jamal Charles, that's a good bust. I mean, I, that's uh, I like that. He's getting up there. He's in, getting up there in years. Uh, he has uh, a lot of uh, ACLs that he has gone through. So I, I do have one final question. I finally thought of an enterprise software sales question. So wow. what, is, what does one of your systems kind of go for? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like, a, 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 do you have a, a range of price price range? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's anywhere from, you know, you're probably looking at. About a, it's six figures, you know, annually. It's kind of a subscription type software, so it's for Fortune 500 companies to uh, run their legal department, essentially. So nice, that's awesome. I hope you make a juicy commission off that too, because it's probably it's probably not like you just call them up and you're like, hey, uh, you need some new software. It's how, hey, no, no, it's, it's like it's like calling up like, hey, how's Nancy? <laughs> how's how's Heather? Oh, just made JV soccer. That's great. How about buying this? Sold. <laughs> Is that Lotus One Two working out for you? See you on the golf course. <laughs> You're buying this time. Click. That sounds like you were following me around on Friday. <laughs> Coffee is for closers, oh, Joe. Oh, that's good stuff, Joe. That is good stuff. Listen, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. This was uh, quite entertaining and, and definitely a treat for us. Congrats on the uh, dynasty success that you had with both of these startups. Good luck defending the belt in uh, 22. Good luck. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to come back and uh, try to uh, repeat in the main event as well. Best of uh, luck in all of your leagues this coming season. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Joe Galea, ladies and gentlemen, he won the 750 Dynasty number 22, took third place in number 23, and the Pac-Man champ from 2016. We have uh, news on a new Baltimore receiver. We have the tight ends, how they finished in 2015, all coming up on the other side of the break. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak rolls on right after this.
Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour for this uh, second to last weekend of March. Is this is Easter next weekend? Uh, or yeah. It is next weekend already? You're the one who goes to church all the time. Yeah, I know. And I feel like I see it. I don't go. They have the special Wednesday services for Lent, and I don't go to those. I just go on Thursday nights. You're Lutheran. You don't even count. You still, You don't even have to do the fish thing. No, that's Catholic. Yeah, you, yeah. So you can eat whatever you want. Yeah. I, I mean, I try to watch what I eat for health purposes, <laughs> right. but yeah, not religious purposes. I think that's kind of, well, I mean, no offense to Catholics, but that's kind of silly, the whole fish. What, what's the point of the fish thing? Well, no, it's not fish. It's just that they don't eat meat. Right. So you, you don't have to eat fish. It's not like, it's not like, like, oh boy, really go for that veggie omelet. But I guess I'm gonna be going with the shellfish tonight. It's not. It's it's they don't eat meat. And I, again, I'm not a Catholic, and I have not gone to a Lutheran school in many many years. So don't ask me all the ins and outs of it. I'm just saying, you know, if I was the purchasing manager for like McDonald's corporate, it's like. Hey, Jetman, you need like two million fillet of fish for March. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they the do that. Fish goes nuts. They, they have it on, I think they have it on special, too. Then they have the shamrock shake. So it's everybody's like, oh, the fillet of fish, uh, shamrock shake. Oh, yeah, and the fries are supersized. Yeah. They, they don't do supersizing anymore. Oh, that's right, because the supersizing, they screw them up. Well, I don't that's know. Like billions because, of revenue that uh, they screw well, them up. I, I, well, you think about all the, the... You know, fat people want to be fat. But they no, like you, to eat you know what, portions. But McDonald's did the pivot from, you know, oh, we can't do that anymore, and then they started offering all these healthy choices, and, and then, then people they, started taking advantage of that. So. And their stock crashed, they fired the CEO, and they brought in a new guy. And then you know what they did? They huh. served breakfast all day, and everything was right again. Supposedly that's really working. Yeah. By yeah. the way, okay, not to keep talking about this, but Burger King, you know what they've done? They've gone back to the, hey, we're like a greasy spoon, fast food, whatever, man. <laughs> like, they have, like, their most popular new item is chicken fries. Right. They have the jalapeno chicken fries. Oh, yeah, dude. It's like, whatever. Like, 1,000 calories. Who cares? Come to, come to Burger King. Right. They, gorge they, yourself at Burger King. You know what's funny? We're not, we're not putting apple slices in our food, buddy. My, my daughter's had these ear infections the last couple of months, and uh, the, the pharmacy we get the medicine from Walgreens? It, it happens to be right next to a Burger King. And you can Walgreens? No, it's CBS? the Shopco Express oh, okay. on uh, college, right? Okay. It's on college, right? I don't go to that. Place. Anyway, there's a Burger King um, where you can see the Playland okay. from, you know, where in Shopco you can look and see that. And, and Lucas, my son, sees that and he's like, oh, we got to we got to get in there. What, what are we doing out here? Let's quit farting around, Dad. We got to get sure in there. I'm sure that's what he says. Yeah. Full statement. It's like, look, they got slides. It's, it's like, insane. Dad, slide. Right. Now, he's not a caveman. <laughs> Um, so he, so we end up going there and they have stuff like extra, I mean, literally they have something, I don't, I shouldn't say literally cause I don't know if it's actually called this, but I remember the words extra long butter burger or but, buttery cheeseburger. I yeah. think is what they put on. So yeah. And that it's working for them. Good for them. Good, uh, good job. Burger. Yeah. Thing. So let's, let's don't get, sell out like McDonald's. We'll get back to, uh, to fantasy here. And one thing that we didn't talk about at the start of the show, before we get to the tight ends and review, one thing we didn't talk about. Because it at, really wasn't that important. At the start of the, well, okay, you tell me. Because I, will. I, I think that there's some interesting things to talk about here. All right. Mike Wallace signed a two year, $11.5 million contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this is his third team in the last three years. Over the past four seasons, he's averaged only 777 receiving yards, only had 473 last year. Uh, but um, Ryan Tannehill, Teddy Bridgewater, when you hear those names, you don't exactly think big arm. Uh, so I think that that hindered him a little bit. Now he goes to uh, the Ravens, where they uh, feature one of the best big-arm quarterbacks in the NFL and Joe Flacco. Uh, so what do you look at as we look at a Baltimore team that had pass catchers decimated last year? 
Now you look at what they have there. Aiken, Kamar Aiken, Steve Smith, Prashad Perriman, Mike Wallace, Ben Watson, uh, Max Williams is a second year. Crockett Gilmore is still there. You have uh, Javoris Allen and uh, Justin Forsett who caught a lot of passes the last couple of years. What do you make of this Ravens offense? Are you targeting anybody there? Because I can't believe, Dave, that any of those guys I just named are going to be going very high in drafts. It's kind of, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of all a bunch of not that great, in my opinion. I, mean, yeah. I hate to say this, but... Uh, a, patch, guess, a patchwork team, if you will. Yeah, I mean, like, not Wallace, not Aiken. I will take a look at only the veterans. I'll look at Ben Watson and Icon. And Steve Smith is still bringing it. He was playing great last year, and then he got hurt. Uh, Watson played really well, um, so I'll look at him. But otherwise, I'm not that interested. I'm not interested in, in Wallace. He's failed me so many times. Aiken, I think, was only getting targets because he was just the guy, the last guy standing. Uh, Max Williams hasn't done much of anything at all. I mean, granted, he was, he was a rookie. I just I don't think he's going to break out, especially with Watson there. I mean, Watson came in, and I think he's a proven player. You look at the top tight end, they have Ben Watson, the top wide receiver that Baltimore has in Steve Smith, and the top running back they have in Justin Forsett. A combined age of 279 years. <laughs> Pretty insane to think about. They're quite old. It, they're extremely old. The, but the reason that, you know, they're they're great football players. I mean, they're not like all pros at this stage of their careers necessarily, but they're right. really good NFL football players, and that can translate to fantasy production. Yeah. Some of these other guys, they come in, you get drafted, oh, here's a hype guy, second year, tight end, Max Williams, and then he comes out and he sucks again. So, you know, that's... Well, we, you know, first of all, we haven't seen him in the second season, so you can't say he's going to suck. Well, that's my prediction. I have to project. Oh, okay. I you know, get kind it. Kind of like Fleener. Yeah. Oh, the God's gift <laughs> to, to FFPC players this year, Kobe Fleener. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen, because you heard it here first. Yeah, you guys keep bringing up that, that Twitter, that one tweet. You guys keep yapping about that what tweet. What one tweet? I where the guy was asking about um, whether the Fleener was worth the 103 rookie pick or not. There's, like, still comments oh. going on about that stupid tweet. Is there tweet. really? Yeah, it's like, just let it go. No, not let it go. This is serious business. Okay, we <laughs> have to... Whose tweet was that? We, well, it, was, it originally started off with... Uh, Jake Rickroad started a Twitter poll. Yeah. Uh, is Kobe Fleener worth a one. 103 in a one-and-a-half point mm-hmm. per per catch um, format? And it was, I mean, the voting was like 290 votes to like seven. It was 95 to 5%. Okay, yeah, it, it was it was insane. Um, but I, In agreement I, with my statement, in disagreement with yours. Well, I just, po- no, he didn't, he said. No, I'm just saying that you liked Fleener as possibly worth a 103. Yeah. And that was the 5%, and I did not. And, and, when, when, and I emailed Rick Broad, and I said, look, man, you didn't post how deep your receivers were. Actually, I put this on Twitter. I said, you didn't put how deep your receivers were for people to, to look at that and just immediately poo-poo it. If you had, like, normal receiving depth, yeah, I probably wouldn't take the. He has, like, all these insanely talented. Granted, there's, some of them are getting a little long in the tooth, but still. That's where I think that the Fleener at the 103 makes – I mean – This isn't for, redraft, Balky. You can trade these fellas. Any one of them, you can trade anybody. Yeah. Eight, okay. Any one of those young gentlemen. That's, that's, the old that's fine. You can trade them, but you don't have to if you get Fleener on this – okay, now you have all these receivers to pick from. You have Kobe Fleener at tight end in an offense where passing the ball is a good alternative to passing the ball. I mean, they're <laughs> going to be launching the, the football all over the field. He's a good – I feel like we're having the exact same conversation we did last week, so I'm going to put a pin in it right now. put that pin in there. Kobe Fleener, probably the greatest tight end ever. (laughs) It'll probably be inarguable after this year. The all-pro, all-Hall of Fame, all-decade, all-everything career Uh, is finally, finally starting this season. Talk about bold predictions on this show Mm -hmm. after the 2016 season. 
Tony Gonzalez is going to be wearing Kobe Fleener jammies to bed. <laughs> Never know. Right now. Never know. So, Dave, I did. Uh, let's let's look at the tight ends in review here. I did something. I did actually did some work uh, on this. Come on. Uh, if you notice on the sheet in front of you, my friend, you have catches, yards, t- and touchdowns. I no, also see three columns that say ignore. Right, yeah. So that's that's the work I did. So, so you put in ignore. I put in, in ignore. Columns. Yeah, because right. I knew that like you would be confused by it unless you saw the words ignore. It's like bulky. What is this? Thanks for that eight seconds. Of so work. and then you look at the at the end is the total. That's the total FFPC points that each tight end had this year. So All that's right. the column we'll be looking at. Great. And by point one points, the number one tight end in FFPC formats last year, not Gronk, not Greg Olson. Not even Tyler Eifert. It was one Jordan Reed, 291.7 points. Is, okay, so we, we talked about with, with Joe Galea just now, hit the top five tight ends. Gronk, Greg Olson, Eifert, Delaney Walker, and um, who's the other one now? What did you say? Eifert, Delaney Walker. Who's the other guy in that tier? Eifert, Delaney Walker, and... Well, you had uh, Reed as the other guy in that tier that was good. Oh, that's right. He did say Jordan Reed. Okay, so he has Jordan Reed in the third tier. But he's been finished as the number one tight end last year. So when you look at Reed finishing that high, would you be taking him in the third round of an FFPC format redraft this season? I would consider it, sure. Why not? See, because I ask you because you don't strike me as the type of guy that takes that is willing to take one of the first tight ends off the board. Not that you draft in the FFPC, but when we've talked on this show in the past, Uh, you, you've just never seemed very enthused about well, doing that. I do play in some leagues in the format, like dynasty leagues in the format, so I'm familiar with how it works. Uh, you know, he performs. I'm sure you're familiar with how it works. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you know, um, these guys, they, you get points for how they, they score on the field. You know, adding a, adding a half point for tight end catches, it, it isn't that hard. I, I can figure out how to do okay. that. So, I mean, because he, he did perform well last year, he did stay healthy for the most part, not yeah. entirely. Um, the situation is relatively similar, right? Yeah. There's not really any. So why shouldn't he do about the same as he did last year? Be- because because last year was the outlier for him staying healthy. He had not stayed. Well, there, there's the argument. So again, I don't I don't like to bet on injuries necessarily happening in the future. Even concussions. Even concussions. Um, Javi Bust is a you know, bad example yeah. of that for me. But you know, I, I take a shot. You know, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't get things up. I mean, you know, I think. Put it this way, if he and Gronk, by the way, is no bastion of health. He's had plenty of his own problems. Right. So if I mean, why you're getting a two round discount more or less if you're getting him in the third round versus Gronk in the first? All right. Yeah, it make, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and also, you know, they brought in uh, what Martellus Bennett to New England now, right? Right. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a hint of not competition, but it's another person you could maybe take twenty or thirty targets away from Gronk, possibly. I don't we're, know. Where I put a pin in that because we're gonna talk about it in a little you said bit. Put a pin in it twice in the show that you're being How many pins do you have? Do you think do you think these major networks are gonna like this when you're repeating yourself on the yeah. show? Yeah they do. They like that. They like repetition? They're gonna say hey listen, sucks. hey listen, we listened to your last twice. show. We listened to your last show and uh we we really number one, we love what you're doing. Uh number two you must be incredibly handsome based on the sound of your voice. <laughs> and number three, I think you need to have a special segment called Let's Put a Pin in. Oh, it. God. Because we really love the fact that you bring that up multiple times a show. So I think that's where they'd be coming from. All right. All right. We'll see. I'm coming from uh, the number three spot on the list now, Dave. He finished just six points behind the two leaders, Reed and Gronkowski. The number three tight end, a guy I wasn't very excited about um, this coming season. But Joe Galea says he's going to have a good year. Delaney Walker. 
as the number three uh, tight end, and he says that he would take him in the third round. Are, are we expecting another season like this from Walker? My concern, obviously, is that not necessarily that Tennessee sucks, but that they suck so bad. <laughs> that I mean, even more so than last year. I know that while I'm not a fan of the coaching staff there, and I don't think that they're really putting those guys in the best position to make plays and win, I can't deny that Marcus Mariota and Doriel Green-Beckham are both in their second years and probably going to be taking significant steps forward to uh, being very, very good fantasy performers. Yeah, you know, I like Walker, actually, and I've never generally drafted him. The one thing I would say about Walker for sure is every time that, you know, FanDuel would come out with their, you know, their pricing every week, and then football guys would have a rating, they'd always have the, you know, the, the cost per dollar. Right. Delaney Walker was always like the cheapest. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, our best, best time in Delaney Walker, like every single week. Yeah, I noticed that too. They were I, kind of right most of the time, yeah. actually, too. So anyway, so going back to Walker, I mean, Mar- Mariota, Mariota, whatever you want to call him. Mariota. The way that is. The way that he's always been as a quarterback, he likes those quick, short kind of throws, and that yeah. just plays into Walker's game so well. I think I don't see that. I don't see him all of a sudden becoming this bomb thrower and throwing, you know, launching him deep. I don't see. I mean, Doriel Green Beckham showed some things, but I don't see him becoming a 90 catch guy the second season. I think if he is going to break out, it'll be his third season. Maybe he takes a, a, a substantial step forward, but I don't see him all of a sudden becoming like Allen Robinson became in his second season. So I, I think you, I think I like Walker. He's going to be the safety blanket, and I think he's going to get a ton of targets again. I think that um, for me, when I draft players early in drafts, I always like taking elite players on elite offenses and sometimes elite teams. I will probably need somebody to take my hand and hold it <laughs> and walk me across Delaney Street and say, hey, this is a good pick. You can do this. It's okay. Everything, oh, you know what I mean? And yeah. I, unless I have that, uh, I don't. I don't know, man. I just may not be able to rationally make the jump to to understand that Delaney Walker is probably going to have another good season this year. Are you uh, Gary Barnstorming in 2016, Dave? Gary Barnage finishes the number four tight end, 276.8 FFPC points. The number four tight end coming to back to an offense that again. The quarterback is probably going to be McCown or you know Goff or somebody like that or uh, Wentz. You know Goff without the Goff. L. Yeah, that's what they called it back then. That's, that's <laughs> I trying to insert, they called it Goff back then. I was trying to insert a Caddyshack yeah. over right there. Yeah. That was funny. Um, and no Travis Benjamin uh, on that offense. No Dwayne Bow. Not that that makes a big difference. Got that right. Uh, so Gary Barnage, a lot of the same points we brought up with Delaney Walker are worse. With, with Barnage. But the situation is relatively unchanged from right. last season. May, maybe a little bit better because Huey Jackson's taking over, and he's a pretty good offensive mind. One thing I would say about uh, Barnage is, I mean, he had nine touchdowns last year, and this uh, this offense was terrible last year. And I expect it to, frankly, be worse this year. Um, I thought his, some of his touchdowns were on the fluky tip. I mean, I think he had a few two touchdowns, maybe even a three He had that game. one weird one where he caught, like, it in his crotch or whatever. Yeah, he, cut it off he crotched it. It was a crotch down. Genitalia, a catch, or whatever you want to call it. So I just don't think he – I think he gets like four or five touchdowns maybe because I don't think they're going to score very often. I read an article recently about Cleveland that they're like talking about is this a historically bad team because they're so – you know, they have so such a shortage of talent. And then they've lost people. I mean, so they had yeah. – they, they sucked last year and now they've gotten – they've lost all these players. And all their draft picks have been terrible. I mean, you have Johnny Manziel uh, – Martellus Bingo or whatever his name is, he sucks. Barkavius Mingo. Whatever, Bingo, 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 he sucks. Right. So, I mean, these guys are terrible. I, I, I don't want to really have much of Cleveland's offense. 
if Josh Gordon gets reinstated, which I pray that he does, you know, maybe maybe there's a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel there, but I'm not I'm not a real huge fan. Paul Dave Podesta, a baseball guy, is taking over a big role in the front office. They brought a lot of analytics guys in the front office and proceeded to let four big time free agents. Great, go. those are great. Those are probably the best acquisitions they made all year, and I think it'll pay off in like the, in the, in year three. Well, yeah, I was gonna say a lot of people were pretty ticked off that they didn't resign those guys, but I looked at the four guys they let go, and I'm just like, eh. yeah, you know, whatever. I I could see why they would not want to pay to have them come back. So let me interrupt. The, the Podesta guy, he's the guy in Moneyball that was like the, was the Jonah Hill guy? No. Interesting that you bring this up. Oh, good. I, I actually want to get information. Here. Originally, Moneyball was supposed to come out several seasons before it actually did. Okay. Do you remember Dimitri Martin, the comedian from... Um, he, he does, well, no, I don't. Whatever he, you're about he, he was a stand-up comedian. He had a huge nose. He he would write. Dimitri is he Russian? No, well, maybe, but he doesn't. Okay. He's not. He's not like Russian. He's not he like was, he's not he like was, He was Russian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, he was supposed to play Paul De Podesta. Then, for whatever reason, the the script was shelved, and and it, it was sort of dead for a while. Well, then. Um, this is all from the well, we we like to call this the Bulkopedia. Yeah. So then Bulk, Paul Bulky is just like random. What do you call this? Uh, I'm sorry to keep interrupting. Talking. No, no, but when you talk about media, it's like, um, you know, kind of entertainment and well, just random crap. Yeah, random crap. Go ahead. So then Paul De Podesta, I think the script got changed, and then he no longer wanted his name in the movie. Mm. So then Dimitri Martin, they pulled him out and instead created a character based on Paul De Podesta called Peter Brand, who does not exist in real life. Right. And then they got Jonah Hill. To, pay, to play Peter Brandon. I don't know if you've ever seen Paul De Podesta or Dimitri Martin. Hmm. They weigh about 60 pounds soaking wet. Right. So they went to the complete opposite spectrum and got Jonah Hill, who is but, has offensive lineman aspects about him. Nevertheless, though, I mean, he's still the guy. I mean, but Podesta, he's De Podesta. He's yeah, still he, kind of he, was the right hand man, he was the right-hand man of Billy Bean. So he is kind of like that. So that character, right. while he's not the same physical appearance, is kind of the same character that it was built yeah. on, more or less. Okay. Yeah. Well, you read the book. I mean, they, yeah, but, yeah, I love the book, by the way. Yeah, Bulky, I brought. Let me just say the story. We brought, brought this up on the show many I, times. Yeah, whatever. I didn't see that one. Listen to it. Uh, I borrowed the book to Bulky, and it took him two years to return it and actually uh, read the book. It Maybe was, it was three. It was like at least four. It's, I think it was a, five. It's a hundred and ninety page book, and it's like a fourteen font. I have a big, busy life. I, what, what do you want no to say? Kidding. Tell me. About I it. needed to watch the uh, Seinfeld reruns for the eighteenth <laughs> time instead of reading uh, reading that at night. Okay, we we talked about Ben Watson earlier. You said you're not on him uh, for this coming season. Ben Watson, switching teams, he's now in Baltimore. Played in New Orleans last year, and he ended up as the number six tight end last year, right behind Greg Olson. You're expecting lesser things for Ben Watson in 16. I am. I mean, his quarterback play is going to be worse. He is switching teams. There's a little bit of risk there, and I think that he's going to get drafted fairly high because he had a good season last year. So to me, it's like you're kind of paying full price on that stock. Uh, Travis Kelsey or Tyler Eifert, Dave? You can only have one this coming year. Which one are you drafting? Oh, that's a little tough. I'll take Eifert. I would, too. I was hoping to take Kelsey because you've been such a big Kelsey fan. Eifert, again, I, I don't want to keep overrating this or, or just overselling it. And Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu did not set the world on fire, but they were two vital cogs in that passing game last year. They're gone. They have A.J. Green and probably, I mean, I, a lot of the mocks say that they're going to take a receiver early, and if that happens, fine. But that receiver is not going to start, you know, um, crushing it from, from the get-go. It's going to be the Eifert and Green show carrying the load. And I think that Eifert is going to, as long as he stays healthy, which you could say about every tight end, 
is going to have a Bafo year this year. So I thought you might say Kelsey, but apparently he's a tier lower for you. Yeah, you know, at, the, at certain parts of last year, I was kind of benching Kelsey because he was annoying me with his – he was like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. He had a few games that really sucked. So I was kind, yeah. of, kind of pissed at him. Yeah, I could see that. Um, we need to play more song clips, by the way, on the show. We we don't – You never look over at the great soundboard. We need to find some more good We need stuff. to get a new soundboard is what we need to do. And <laughs> Rob has been promising me that for many years now. He's still working on the cat pictures. Martellus Bennett, the newest Patriot? Is he the newest Aaron Hernandez on the field? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fantastic question. Thanks. Yeah. So you you had the Gronk Hernandez pairing that was pretty awesome for fantasy purposes. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see again in the FFBC a tight end, tight ends from the same team taken in the first and second rounds. Yeah. Which is insane, uh, but it happened consistently. Let's talk about Martellus Bennett and, and Gronk this year. Are they going to be forming? a tandem that was doing 80% of what they did before 90% of what Hernandez and Gronk. I mean, where, where let's, let's cut through the bull and, and talk Turkey here about what we expect Bennett and Gronk to do in 2016. That's a really good question, actually. And, you know, when they sign when they sign Bennett, I mean, it, it is for a reason. I, Belichick's a, he's a genius, man. So I, anytime I can get a piece of that, Patriots offense and it's not insanely expensive. I think Bennett's a, a good guy to look at. Yeah, and I think he will be insanely expensive because I don't what, think he's moving into the third or fourth though. I mean, he, I think he's still going to. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I see. Here's the thing: like, what happens if the Patriots are looking really good in the preseason and Bennett catches a couple of touchdowns? Well, he's going to move up. Of course. Yes, he is going to move up, and I can <laughs> totally see that happening. Moving up to a point where I just like, you know what? Screw it. You know, I, I just I I have no interest in taking a player who. And, you know, we had this. But keep in mind, you're drafting in Kentucky, so it'll be a little bit earlier. That's true. And it will be in Kentucky. Is that for, do we know that? Unless we want to just spike the law (laughs) that those dumb shits in Indiana are wrong. You've got to stop with the swearing. You can't keep going. All right, those dumb guys. Governor Pence, don't sign that bill. Um, (laughs) I'm sure he's listening. You Actually, know, you have to you know, know the bill. You know what he I keep signing it, it still goes in the law. You know what I keep thinking is when we initially talked about this, <laughs> we we're talking about. I'd like Fer- to thank the what, FSTA. What Farrell was doing. All like right, just, draft just we're we're talking about <laughs> Farrell of what, what he was going to do at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championships since it's in Indiana, and I was like, I was like, well, what's he going to do? <laughs> You're like. He'll probably just hold it in Indiana when the, when the cops show up. He'll just hold out his hands to be handcuffed. Take me away. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, Your Honor. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, so hopefully okay. Kimmer's there. She's good at bailing people out of jail. She, she's had that. some experience bailing some Kentucky <laughs> players out of there in the past. So um, yeah, again, Martellus Bennett n- never the picture of health the last couple of years. Um, he, uh, is not getting any younger. Um, so I, I just, I feel like people, there's all it takes is one or two guys and, and they see the stars in their eyes with Bennett and Gronk. They envision what Hernandez and Gronk did a couple of years ago and then that's it. So I, I won't be targeting him. Uh, he's going to have to fall, uh, to, to a reasonable spot for me, for, for me to take him. And the other thing I was going to bring up with the Patriots, I saw a story on CBS sports mm-hmm. the other day. That it, within the span of, I think it was like 48 hours, they picked up four former first-round picks. Wow, that's Isn't that nice. crazy? Just yeah. so so insane. Here's an gr- interesting DE strategy. Why don't you take uh, Gronk, Bennett, and Brady? Gronk, Bennett, in, in a, in and a, in Brady. A, in, a, in a DE, in DE format zone. Yeah. And lock that up. It's like yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You're talking about 
that's a guarantee of two touchdowns passing and at least one touchdown a game receiving. And then take Keyshawn, take Keyshawn Martin late. Yeah. And just make it the Patriots stack. Take, take Aaron Dobson. Hope he makes the roster. Yeah. Have they cut him yet? He might be cut. I, I, I don't. I have no idea. Um, okay, look at your tight end list. Is there any other tight ends you want to talk about? I see that there's some under. There's an underlying guy. Who's this underlining guy? Oh, that was talking? Bennett. Well, Austin Spurrier Jenkins is a guy that Lance brought up. Um, I know the show's getting close to over. Uh, he's a person that you know he didn't do all that great last season. He had a fantastic week one, got hurt. Uh, he's a person that I think is going to do really well this season. Yeah, it takes a big step up in year two. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, Nefarious Green. Nefarious Green. Oh, Ladarius Green. Yeah, good one. Yeah, Ladarius Green. Um, I was reading a Draft Sharks discussion about how he could be a huge breakout uh, with, you know, we you talk you talk about not being all that high on Wheaton. Nobody else is really all that high on Coates. Well, who's the next logical guy to step up in that passing? I mean, outside of Le'Veon Bell. Who's the next logical guy to step up? Ladarius Green. He's almost as fast as those other two guys. He's almost as fast as Wheaton. And Maybe they'll line him up a receiver. She is He's fast. Yeah. Never, and totally underutilized. Nothing else to report on the tight ends, my friend? No, oh, probably. I, I traded a rookie third-round pick for Charles Clay. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I regret it or not. Um, I don't, I don't, like I don't think I, I don't would. really like Clay. But that was the team where I had crappy Jordan Cameron and some other piece of garbage. You know, that's the type of deal where you're like, look, I could take or leave this. <laughs> what, honestly, what would you rather have? Yeah. And the guy's like, you know what, I'm good. I'm like, fine, I'm good. You know what, let's make the deal. All right, here you go. I had to check. I'm like, oh, is Clay still supposed to start? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, who, what, they just that, signed I, him all that money last well, year. Well, I know. I had to look, but I had to look and see. Okay, well, ladies, I guess he's supposed to start. That, that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for our show uh, tonight. I want to thank uh, Joe Galea for, uh, for coming on board. Uh, a lot of fun having him, a lot of great stuff from him. I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank our mutual friend and producer, Rob, our uh, audio engineer, Bryce, and all of you probably watching the NCAA tournament while listening to us, if you were listening live. And you know what? That's okay, because we were doing the same thing tonight. You're on, you're on the treadmill tomorrow morning. We, we will be back next week, and this is going to be weird, what's going to happen. So next week, we're going to be back with our quasi-season finale, finally. What is that supposed to mean? We're going to wrap up the I Got Five on it. We're going to put Are a bow on the 2015 season. We should have had more bets this year. Next year, more bets. Okay, well, that'll be the goal. We did have a decent number of them this year. Okay. Um, 750, number 21, Dynasty Champ, Andy Shaw, will be our guest next week. He oh, is cool. going to come on, and uh, he was very excited to come on as well, so I'm, I'm excited to have him. Yeah, that's great. So I say quasi-season finale because you are going to be gone the following week, and I don't want to have a season premiere without you. So what's going to happen on uh, April 1st, uh, which is actually my daughter's first birthday, so I'll be celebrating. Uh, Izzy El- she was born on April Fool's. She was born on April Fool's Day. Nice. Izzy El Kafis from DynastyTradeCalculator.com is going to co-host with me that night. Nice. And we're going to talk a lot of Dynasty stuff. So if you have Dynasty questions, send them in. And uh, especially trade questions. These guys are really good at telling you yeah. who got the better end of a deal um, and whether you should make a deal or not. So send those questions and we'll have a bunch of that. Izzy uh, will, will co-host with me. You know what I'm going to be doing? What? I'll be sitting on a beach. Earning 20%. That's right. Okay, so that is where Dave is going to be. So, And then we'll have the season premiere on April 8th. Is, and, Fine, I'll, I'll show up for and that. And you can be back for that. So so that is going to be the for our show next week. Andy Shaw and me on our sort of season finale and Dave. Uh, and then the following week is El Kafas from DynastyTreeCalculator.com uh, and me co-hosting. So I want to remind everybody to play the FFPC Satellite Draft Experts. 
uh, and classics. Sign up for those right now. You register for the Dynasty League. Startup and Orphan teams need your uh, support. And uh, sign up for the main event of the Fall Guys Players Championship as well. Right at MyFFPC.com. Contact your local reps. Your weekend. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. You know, God.